Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 288 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show has developed software and cryptographic systems over the last 25 years for some pretty big organizations, such as NASA, Disney, Hilton, and the U.S. Department of Defense. He is the founder of BrightRay Consulting, which is a staffing and software solutions company that he formed six years ago. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast... Scott Terman. Hello, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for um, taking part in the podcast. So, Scott, the first thing I wanted to ask you is a little bit about your Bright Ray Consulting and, and how that works and what it does. So, um, I started Bright Ray Consulting about six or seven years ago, uh, kind of an, as a visceral response to uh, the recruiting world. Um, you know, in my 25 years, uh, I have been uh, kind of raked over the coals, so to speak. Uh, and I wanted to start an organization that was uh, consultant first, technologist first, IT person first. Whereas, it, you know, in the recruiting world, it's typically recruiter first and then everybody else. Right. Okay. So what, what sort of brought around that or brought about that sort of change? Uh, so a couple of years ago, um, I, I was working for, a, a, we'll just say, a large organization here in Orlando, Florida. Um, and I got an email and the email went something like this. Uh, it was just kind of an email to me, but it was actually a forward. And in that forward, I learned how much the recruiter was charging for me. <laughs> and it was, right. it was ridiculous how much, how, how much higher it was than they were paying me. Um, you know, fast forward 10, 15 years, started a company to kind of make it a little bit more equitable for everybody. You know, I wrote a book to kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of train, you know, people in our field uh, on how not to get taken advantage of, et cetera. Yes. We'll, we'll probably come back to that a bit later on in the interview, but it's a title that's certainly challenging, should we say. Yes. Uh, it's as inflammatory as I could possibly make it. Yep, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think a, a nerd's guide to salary negotiation uh, is probably what we're going to have to call it, yep. um, as it is very inflammatory. Indeed. Okay, we'll come back to that. But Scott, in the meantime, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Yes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll typically see out of the philosophy business, you know, by sparing you and your, your listeners with kind of empty platitudes, cliches, you know, following your passion or doing what you love. That's, that's all not, I don't know, not what I'm really about. My career tip is to learn to be as useful and find something, an organization or someone, it will pay you for your skills. Um, you know, on your enterprise or someone else's learn to build something valuable or, you know, learn to be, at least be part of a team that can build something valuable, infrastructure, code, user experience, web design, QA automation, the whole gambit, you know, ultimately, um, be able to build something or support to be able to support enterprise or something that generates, you know, revenue. I mean, you can do this on your own project. You learn on someone else's dime, although you're in the UK, so it's all someone else's pence or pound or yen, ruble, dollar, peso, lira, franc. Um, you know, you could jump on a time machine and go back a thousand years and this would still be true. Be useful, develop a skill, and be ridiculously good at it. Yes, yeah, so it's all, all, all about providing value, isn't it, really, and making sure that 
that your customer, whoever it is, even you know your employee, gets a benefit from what you do. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is that you could be really good at it, but unless you can kind of you know dance at the right time, you can't prove it. Means that you're not typically you won't, you won't make past the interview, or you could be amazing at something, but you really need to know it like no one else knows it. When I was first learning C sharp. I made flashcards and memorized every method property that existed at the time in the beta version of .NET. I would literally time myself coding up POCO classes and data access layers. So when I would, you know, interview for gigs, I would ask them to give me a keyboard and I would just wire up a DAO in front of them. You know, and because of that, I have almost 100%, you know, offer rate after doing a technical interview, almost 100%. Uh, bottom line, you know, pick an area and be amazing at it. Be the elite. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, Scott. Can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? <laughs> so remember, I said almost 100% higher rate after a technical interview. So almost 20 years ago, my friend and I were on our doing our finals day at Microsoft. Finals day is typically the last interview before you go to work for Microsoft, Bill Friggin' Gates, right, at Microsoft at the time. The last interview, um, you know, before they hire you. So my friend Dave Grabletsky and I, who, by the way, is a side note, is still a architect over at Microsoft, complete badass. Um, you know, we had our interviews the same day. So um, I was doing my finals day in Washington, D.C. He was doing his in California, and we were interviewing for some enterprise application developer gig. It was, you know, some esoteric com, com plus decom. Um, Dave's interview was four to five reasonable developers that, you know, use this technology complex at the time. My interviewer was one of the original architects and inventors of Complus <laughs> that I realized on the plane, the plane ride back, that lonely plane ride back, uh, that actually, you know, I had one of his books in my backpack that was under the table as he proceeded to destroy me point by point on my white boy interview. So it was, that was kind of the low point kind of in my career, but that was when I realized, know it, know it amazing. And it, I never had that happen again. Um, Dave, you know, so Dave Grablowski crushed it. I did not. I didn't get the job, um, and he's still there, um, and I'm not. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, things aren't always like that. So perhaps you can tell us about your right. career highlight. Um, so, my highlight was, so I was working for a company that was flying me out uh, from Orlando on Sunday, Monday, you know, at 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning to Tallahassee, Monday morning, you know, 4 or 5 a.m., um, and then I'd work there until thirds and they'd fly me back. So I was working on a project for the Florida House of Representatives. This project would assist 120 Florida representatives. So they're kind of draft, kind of the bill drafting process of voting in the bill and kind of the lawmaking process. Really, really awesome project, but it was in Tallahassee. Um, and I had kind of just met thy then girlfriend, now wife. It's difficult to be gone Monday through Thursday, right? So uh, eight months into this horror cycle um, of waking up at you know the crack of dawn, I managed to get uh, an interview over at the National Aerodotics and Space Administration, you know, NASA. Um, so side note, um, I'm actually named after uh, an astronaut, Scott Carpenter. He was the second uh, American in space, you know, flying the Mercury spacecraft, where my dad was an engineer at the time. Um, so if you're a space nerd, remember, he's the guy who said, Godspeed, John Glenn, uh, during his, that mission. But anyway, uh, so needless to say, I've been dreaming about NASA my entire life. So I, I literally made out 700 note cards. And I memorized C Sharp the .NET framework um, as this was like my shot, my one shot to work at, you know, a dream organization. Um, you know, and the end result is, you know, I ended up, I ended up getting the, the gig at NASA. You know, 
you know, it's, it's, um, you know, my, I have a ton of millennial employees and they all roll their eyes when I talk about my time at NASA, I guess <laughs> turning into a boring old guy, but, um, so, but yeah, I, I did get the gig. So how long did you work at NASA? Uh, four years. Um, and then I was stolen, uh, by Disney. Uh, and then I went over there for, uh, for the, my next 18 months. And then it just on from there, you know, you kind of learn to negotiate your salary a little bit, a little bit better at, you know, what you want to do. You know, I was kind of a, I was in my you know late twenties at the time. Um, so jumping to that next big name was kind of the thing to do. At least I thought it was at the time, Yes, uh, but it got me, I was exposed to a ton of really cool projects. Good. Okay. Um, and Scott, can you tell us about what excites you uh, regarding the, the industry and careers in IT? So, um, you know, 20 years, 20, 25 years ago, when, when, when I started this, if you had an idea, you needed servers, you needed software, you, you needed money, you needed backing. You couldn't just go, go create something. Um, now, you know, I mean, from, from idea to minimal viable product can be done in a couple of months, you know, with the right people, you know, with cloud and all that kind of the APIs that exist out there. Um, you know, standing up infrastructure, getting UI worked out, all writing code, wiring up, all those things now take a minimal amount of time because of the availability of kind of the democratization of, of, of the cloud. Uh, so, you know, if you can solve a problem, you can actually make that, that product pretty darn quick. Huge problems like, you know, sending out a simple SMS notification, you know, as part of a signup process. That was a big deal even 10 years ago. Now you just use Twilio through an API and pay 0.001, you know, of a penny to go make it happen. AWS, Azure, it, it all goes really, really quick now. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? I am. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Uh, my Atari 400 uh, uh-huh. and Commodore 64 when I was in the 80s. Yeah. Um, you know, that was kind of where I started. I realized that, you know, math is magic and computers are magic. Um, but... You know, my my dad actually had me running market simulations when I was 13 years old on a Cray, a rented Cray mainframe over at Rice University in Houston, Texas. Um, you know, he would, it, you know, the when gold goes up this much and Swiss franc goes down that much, and you know, for whatever reason, the British pound would tumble. As an example, yep. you know, he would shift yep. the market the next day. That was kind of the early, you know, AI type of pattern recognition and. I don't know. I kind of, I was really kind of involved at very, very you know, tiny age at that. So, uh, math is magic. So, so are computers. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Um, huh. um, so there was this, this older database administrator's DBA, Oracle DBA over at Disney. Um, and I would only see this, this guy, uh, during deployments. He kind of a weird, remember a gray, weird gray mustache. But anyway, he said, um, no matter what they are for you, ask for more. And I really took that to heart. He just said, every time I'd see the guy, he's like, when I was your age, if I would ask for more, I would always got it. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. But um, so uh, it's, I, I, that was kind of a pivotal, pivotal moment um, in that when you figure you go from 36 grand a year to 50 grand a year to 80 grand a year to 100, all that comes down to being able to negotiate and basically asking for more. It does. It does. It's, it's partly about positioning as well, isn't it? And, and be able to sort of demonstrate your value and then trade that off. That's correct. It's it yeah. really, if you can demonstrate your value in this, in the world, you know, there's always a little bit of room, you know, especially if you're dealing with, I don't know, kind of like an IT recruiter, 
there's a lot more room than you think. Um, and it's no one's gonna no one's gonna hate you for asking. That weird pit in your stomach when you when you say your number back to the person after they ask it. That, that's that's a weird guilt yeah. thing. People need to get over that. That's an interesting one, isn't it? So the art of negotiation, um, and who makes the the first move, if you like, in terms of the the uh, the value, is quite an interesting process sometimes. Yeah, that's um, that is there's a that's setting the setting the opening right. So the, the first person to make an offer typically loses in game theory, right? Um, and that's and that's typically if, so. If if you if the person starts off and you say, well, what would you like? And you're like, well, I'd like you know ninety grand a year. Well, guess what? It's only going to go down. It only can go down. It, not, it won't necessarily go back up from their perspective. Precisely. Yeah. Okay. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? <laughs> I had a I had a project manager. Uh, tell me to stay out of trouble and out of the fray. If I wanted to keep my job, uh, try to stay under the radar. Boring. Uh, there's no better way to be fired first than to offer the least amount of value or opinion in your area of expertise. If you offer no opinion or value in your area of expertise, you are dead to me. And I it just, you've got to have the value. You've got to constantly show that you are the person to make it happen. So being quiet is not the way to go. Exactly. Yeah, I always feel that you're there to make a difference. So therefore, part of the value that you add is to provide ideas, challenge ideas, you know, to be involved. If you just sit there and are passive, you're not adding as much value as you should be. That's right. Wallflowers don't ever make don't make history. They don't they don't do yeah. anything. It's, you, you've got to you got to jump in, be involved, but know what you're know what you're doing. Be it, you know, Go, go do everything you possibly can to master whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's shooting an arrow or learning, you know, sequel, uh, know what you're doing. Yeah. If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? So it feels like there's all the areas of specialization in IT, the, there's like this commoditization movement, you know, from Amazon, Azure, SAP, you know, AI, UI, databases, all those things t- took a craftsman. And it feels like these things are becoming more and more kind of commoditized. Commoditized. If I if I were to start over, I would probably go get my my CISSP and specialize in security. It's kind of the one area that can't really be completely automated. Um, that AI can't completely take over. The bar is fairly high to take the CISSP, as it's a gigantic pain in the butt to to, to pass. Um, to be master at security takes dedication, port scanning, service fingerprinting, exploitation, elevation of privileges. Um, it's the one area that that's value is both underestimated and overestimated kind of by large organization organizations because um, it's, it's almost like it's an art, you know, unquantifiable, uh, rising and falling kind of with a company's breach or period of quiet, you know. Yep. What career objectives are you currently focusing on? Uh, we're taking my company bright ray, uh, to more of, you know, it's, it's, we're still doing a ton of staffing obviously, but you know, we're kind of moving into this kind of proof of concept work for other organizations. Like if your organization has an app idea or a technological project or so, something that needs to be done, is it a phone app? Is it a SaaS product? Is it a web app? Um, you know, we'd like to be that, that org that goes and kind of stands that up in the cloud, you know, for other kind of organizations, kind of that minimal viable product, um, you know, we can do it quick and we can do it well. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yes. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? So um, so learning to negotiate your salary is the single most important 
non-technical skill that you can yep. cultivate. Recruiters and HR, they negotiate several times a week. You do it like six, eight times in your whole life. Um, remember that salary is additive over a lifetime. You know, I, I kind of wrote the book related to this because I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to become kind of the thing you would give someone getting out of college or school for IT. That it's all the info I kind of wish I had or knew, you know, uh, before I started my career. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? Um, podcasts like this, books, technology, everything, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I typically run a couple times a week and I, I listen. As I run, I, I blast uh, these podcasts in my ears uh, to kind of try to stay up on everything. Yes, that's a good way of doing it. Definitely. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Uh, my wife... My, my 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 wife and son and I we uh, we wake surf on a local chain of lakes here in Orlando. Um, before COVID, I think I would have told you traveling to Europe was what I thought I'd be doing during the year, or at least dreaming about. Um, but now during COVID, just being with my family, learning new technology, and building building companies, that's um, that's what we're doing. That's that's honestly my my hobby. <laughs> right, and and Scott, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? So I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate one thing. Pick an area of expertise that is useful. Once you've done that, master it. Seriously, master it. There's a difference between fumbling around SQL and really knowing SQL. There's a difference between fumbling around port scanning with Nmap and really knowing the bits and bytes of how Nmap works. Understanding your programming, yeah. lang- programming language of choice. Um, it's not a hobby. This, is, this should be your mastery. Um, you master everything you touch. Um, you know, Because the thing is, is that um, you know, people like us, we'll put the time in to master it. We'll get the job. We'll get the project. We'll make the money. I promise. And people who don't do that, they won't. Yeah, that's very good. Yes. And Scott, how can we find out more about you and connect with you? Uh, so you could go to my, my, uh, my website, scottterman.com, S-C-O-T-T-T-U-R-M-A-N.com. Or go to my company site, Brightray, B-R-I-G-H-C-R-A-Y.com. You know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me for sure. Sure. And we referred to your book earlier as well. So maybe without sort of explaining the title too much, could you give us a bit of an overview of your book and what the purpose is? So uh, this, I really wanted this. This is the kind of book I wish someone would have handed me when I got out of school. Um, it kind of yeah. tells you the, you know, the, the ins and outs of negotiating a salary, um, whether it's through recruiters or, you know, HR or, or, or whatever. Um, it just, it comes down to practicing. It comes down to knowing exactly what to say when someone asks you how much you currently make. The answer is none of your business. There's just things you really have to, yes. you really have to kind of, uh, kind of know what's coming before it happens to, to be effective at it. It's a, it's a life skill. Um, and I wrote this book to kind of you know, help the, the kids kind of slowly coming out of college or, 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 or school, you know, to, to be better at it, at negotiating. Indeed. Yeah. So there'll be a link on the website, on the, on the page that relates to this episode, which will be back to the book. So if you're interested in Scott's book, click on the link and, and you'll be able to find out. Scott, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. It's been lovely talking to you. Hi, Phil here again. Now, if you thought about being a guest on the show yourself, or you have somebody in mind that might be a good guest, please do let me know. You can reach me on Twitter, where I'm at FieldTechCareer, or you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can even contact me through the website, 
which is itcareerenergizer.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.